start off today, I, I have made an amazing discovery about the Digimon connection with this album. And my going theory... And Someday we'll find it. Digimon <laughs> connection. <laughs> Go on. That um, I didn't realize that the band we're talking about today, Len, was Canadian until I was looking them up. And then realized that they were on the Digimon soundtrack. And I was like, huh. And then realized that the Bare Naked Ladies, who are also Canadian, are also on the Digimon movie soundtrack. And then I realized that the movie started Canadian cartoon Angela Anaconda. And now I'm just like, Digimon's North American dub is Canadian content. I'm fully convinced. Everyone's, everyone's North American dub is, Can- is CanCon. Like, that's so that's beautiful. Okay, not- I, I, had this, I had this cousin, or technically not my cousin, but like the actual title is like convoluted, uh, from Australia, who came over to visit when we were in like grade eight, and she was like, every anime I like was dubbed in Vancouver at this one studio. Can we go there? And they don't love <laughs> visitors, so we couldn't go. But what I didn't realize at the time, mm. her favorite show was Inuyasha, and I didn't realize that the guy who voiced Inuyasha worked at my high school. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, my Until, God. Until, like, right when she went back to Brisbane. And I was like, oh, no. I'm so sorry. No. <laughs> Natasha, you're probably not listening, <laughs> but if you are, I'm so sorry. Oh, you haven't told her since? Oh, uh, no. I I don't remember if I did. Oh, wow. Like, I have her on Facebook. <laughs> Here we go. The, the one thing I will say about Canadian dubs, though, is that the YTV Dragon Ball Z dub and the Sailor Moon dub are completely different than the Cartoon Network dub. Okay, which They're one separate is the dubs. sounding Sailor Moon dub that's like... Oh my gosh, he is tuxedo mask. <laughs> I think the like the one that everyone knows that kind of has moments like that is the Canadian. It, it's gotta the YTV be. Dub. It's gotta be because I just remember anime sounding like that as a kid. Yeah, like I'm fairly the the big famous one was the YTV dub, and I I've never actually heard the Cartoon Network dub, but I from other podcasts I know it is different. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> I don't want to hear that. Um, welcome to music is good. My name is welcome. My name is Devlin Galloway, and today I am joined by Tuesday Ferguson. And uh, oh, <laughs> sorry, uh, Schnoodlebug. Hey, I'm Schnoodlebug. Welcome. Thank you for coming onto the show. Thank you for having me. This is uh, I'm, uh, as I was saying, this is the first time I'm not hiding behind a cartoon character or you know augmenting my voice in some way. So. Yeah, no, this is exciting, but I get to talk about something near and dear to my heart, so... Okay, I have an idea. Um, Patreon-only content. Um, We just play this episode, but there's a video of me lip-syncing a sock puppet every time you talk. Perfect. (laughs) I'll make it. it. (laughs) I've got got eggprint socks, if you would like to be that sock to represent you. Eggprint Hmm. Like fried eggs. On a black sock. That's very cute. I might, I might go for that. My my parents always give me novelty socks. They're like, "Listen, you're queer. You're quirky." <laughs> Does that mean novelty socks? It does in my family. <laughs> I mean, I don't think I've seen a. I don't think I've seen a queer person I've hung out with for a long time without at least one pair of novelty socks. I I don't think I have normal socks. Oh man, that's just because I grew up in Richmond, so the night market was just like where I bought socks once oh, a yeah. year. Every year you go to the night market and you buy the 10 pack of socks and then you're good for the yeah, year. Yeah, that's your that's your back to school shopping. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You go to the night market, you go to you go to Bellingham. That's it. Man, <laughs> you're good. All this talk about socks. My my socks are so boring. I they're all get white funnier ones. Yeah, I know. It's, I shop get at funnier Marksburg ones. Warehouse. What is it? Normcore? Am I Norm? I think Marksburg Warehouse Core is respectable. Oh, they make good thanks. stuff. Yeah. It's solid. No, I get a gift certificate uh, from my dad uh, for Christmas each year, and I go and I, I get socks, the same t-shirt, <laughs> seven of them. It's practical. Yeah. It's like when I go to Kingsgate Mall, that's one of the places where I actually go if I have something to buy and I'm not just, like, killing time. Exactly. Kingsgate Mall is Shoppers where is where I go when I either am out of eggs or, like, I, I need to spend time. Go to Shoppers, go to Dollar Store, uh, go to the Bugs Bunny jersey 
store. Wonderful. And then and then Marx is like Marx is like useful stuff. They make good stuff. This is not an ad. We are not sponsored. Oh, I wish I was Unless sponsored by Unless they want to sponsor us. Yeah. Oh, please, please sponsor me. Schnoodlebug. Can you I imagine? Marksburg Warehouse. I want us to get pod merch socks. Like, uh, I think more bands should have socks as merch people as opposed to socks. t-shirts. I think it's more accessible. People love stickers. I, I agree. People love socks. Like, like my, my body size has fluctuated over the years, so, like, a lot of my band t-shirts are now out of the picture. But one thing that stuck around, one thing that stayed loyal, my Kimia Dawson socks that are chicken print and they say kimia dawson loves me that's great you know what i think it'd be really funny to be sponsored by something like mark's work warehouse and have to introduce our pod like music is good sponsored by mark's work warehouse that just sounds nice (laughs) has a nice ring to it that does have a nice ring to it are you listening marks it's not a sensible yeah it's a sensible uh partner you know a sensible podcast with a sensible sponsor. I love it. <laughs> sponsor for the working man. <laughs> um, would you like to introduce what we're talking about today? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, we are talking about Lens, You Can't Stop the Bum Rush, released in 1999. Hey, how did you not know they were Canadian if they say bum in the title? They that, say bum. That's Canadian. That's Canadian? Is it Canadian? Yeah, Americans don't. Americans say butt. You they don't can't say bum. Stop the butt rush. It just doesn't. You know. They don't say bum. Like, <laughs> like, uh, like Tom Green, the bum bum song. That's CanCon. That's true. That is CanCon. That's CanCon. And this is CanCon. But like, we're we're gonna get into this it. Is, but this is hella CanCon. I I I was genuinely surprised. I don't know if it's maybe because I've never really listened beyond Can't Steal My Sunshine, but like... Wait, what did you call it? Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> you cannot steal my sunshine. You cannot you do it. You must, you must <laughs> not. <laughs> you shan't steal my sunshine. You can't steal my sunshine. Oh, you shan't. <laughs> Keeping that in. That's not getting cut. No way. I have to be accountable. <laughs> um, Self-critter. Get the heck out. I'm so sorry that I called Steal My Sunshine. You can't steal my sunshine. Please don't be I'm sorry. so don't be sorry. sorry. Don't be sorry. You know, and, and on the subject If you of- delete this, you're just being a performative ally. Oh, wow. <laughs> 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 no, I, you know, on the subject of uh, Mark's work warehouse and all that, I was worried that I was the oldest guest until you confirmed that before we started recording. But this album okay. came out when I was nine years old. Um, and my cassette. I'm not going to tell you how old I was when this came out. <laughs> Were you born? Yes, I was. Literally, my memory starts like roughly around the year 2000. Okay, so a year <laughs> right after this came out. So, where to start with this? Um, so yeah, my cassette of this is completely warped because it's the original cassette from 1999. Um, mm-hmm. the rest of the album plays okay, but "Steal My Sunshine" is completely warped. It's like a vaporwave version of Steal My Sunshine. I was lying on the grass a Sunday morning of last week indulging in myself I like that. I think that's nice. It's very cool. That kind of rules. You have a remix that was made by technology. Yeah, a natural remix. It's cool. Yeah. I might even leave it out in the sun just to see what... No, no, I can't. I love it too much. Okay, <laughs> I used to follow someone on Tumblr who who would do that. Like, they would just find, like, old classical tapes in, like, a bog or a basement or something and then rip the audio and upload it on Tumblr. And that's all they posted, and it was great. And that would be uh, all I'd listen to if you linked me to that, so... I don't remember what the URL was, oh. but, yeah, they would just be like, this is... A Beethoven tape, but it's been in a moldy basement for a while. That sounds so cool. Oh, I want that. So, um, yeah, no, let's let's talk Len, the band. I, I have a lot of notes. Is uh, it short for Lenjamin? It's not. Um, <laughs> that would be wonderful. It is named after one of the guys. I, I don't think he's in the band. It's just a friend of theirs who wandered a, into just the a guy. Yeah, just wandered into the rehearsal studio while they were naming the band. Or having a conversation about naming the I band. think that would be so mean. Like, like, 
your your friend just walks in just to <laughs> name after Len. Len. Did they point? Just point at me like <laughs> Len. 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 <laughs> yeah, you start chanting it at him. I bet that's exactly what happened. I really wish they recorded that conversation. I, I, honestly. Anyway, please please continue. Sorry. <laughs> oh yeah, no. Uh, I've got so much to say here. Um, so it was formed in 1991. By Mark, aka Mumble C, aka Burger Pimp. Uh, and Burger his Pimp. Sis- yeah, and his sister Sharon, who doesn't Burger have any Pimp cool foot lettuce. <laughs> oh no. Oh, oh. <laughs> so yeah, Mark, aka Mumble C, aka Burger Pimp, and his sister Sharon, who uh, doesn't have any cool monikers. Um, yeah. They moved to Toronto with their family from Montreal, um, and then they formed it, formed the band in 1991. And then moved back to Halifax at some point. And they were originally like a, I don't know what, an indie rock band, I guess. I'm not going to lie. I never really listened to anything past or before You Can't Stop the Bum Rush. And I was thinking about it. I'm going to do it after this. Uh, But when I think of Len, I think of this album. I know a lot of people just think of the song Steal My Sunshine. But Mm -hmm. yeah, no, I, I love this album. I uh, I went back and listened to their earlier stuff, and it's very like '90s alternative indie rock kind of stuff. You can definitely hear. I mean, I, I sample through it, and you can hear what they're going for. "Steal My Sunshine" is maybe one of my favorite pop songs of all time. Just interjecting that into the middle it. of everything. Okay, so so that's great. I was going to ask you guys. Time to <laughs> let's. Con- um, I would also like to say I can't believe that you didn't realize this album was Canadian because they talk about butter tarts. In, right, in yeah. Steal My Sunshine, um, which apparently they don't have elsewhere. The really? lyrics for Steal My Sunshine are very strange. Yeah, they seem a little out there. I listened to them with like with my good like recording headphones a couple weeks back, and I'm like, this song is a lot weirder than I remember it being. Yeah, it's, it's a very weird song. Um, when they first recorded this song, apparently they didn't really think much of it, um, and he lost the tape. It was recorded to an eight-track cassette, and he lost it for about a year and a half. And then he found it under his bed. So there's another note here that says that it was recorded during a time when Mark and Sharon weren't on speaking terms. Who knows what happened there? But then there's also a note here where Sharon describes being woken up by Mark one day and being asked, hey, do you want to sing on this? And then she did and totally forgot about it until they got signed to this album. Um, this and the song Cheeky Bugger, track nine on the album, were both demos that they just dug up for this album. They didn't think it was going to be a, a major single or anything. So wait, were, are the album versions the actual demos? I believe so. Uh, the, That's incredible. The album was mastered by one of the Dust Brothers, King Gizmo. And that was the same year the Fight Club soundtrack came out. And they are also the ones who produced uh, Paul's Boutique by Beastie Boys. You know, I can hear that. I could definitely hear that. Yeah. It w- hence the whole, you know, when, when this album came out, there was a lot of positivity around it, but then a lot of comparisons to uh, Hello Nasty, which came out in 1998. And I don't think it was a, a coincidence that I was hooked on this album and that one at the same time. Those were like the two albums I had on me at, at all times. Mm-hmm. My little Discman or walk, Sony Discman Sport with uh, shock protection. Oh, I had that exact same one. The yellow yeah. one. I had the gray one. Nice. That's sleek. I had like a chunky one that probably had shock protection because I was like eight and I kept, I kept dropping it like right in the middle of Britney Spears. <laughs> While dancing. Yeah. While in the car and then like we would stop suddenly. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, that happened a lot. I'd just be like, I was grooving. Yeah, what the hell? I was grooving. They they killed my groove. <laughs> it always, like, the track would, um, if you looked at the screen, it would just blink for a few seconds. Yeah. Wait for a bit, like, oh, it's going to figure it out. It's thinking. That's, that's how I feel. I feel like an unnumbered track on a, on a disc. <laughs> that's beautiful. That's... That's my mental state right now. <laughs> um, and that apparently was the mental state of how they recorded the song. Schmood. Nice, right? I, sh- I should do this more. 
Uh, so Mark has this quote here. Um, we were at this huge three-day rave, and I ended up partying, partying, partying. He wrote partying three times. Uh, it's Andrew WK. Partying, 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 partying. We went back to my house, and Brendan Canning from Broken Social Scene was DJing and played more, more, more. Broken Social Scene. It was DJing and played more, more, more by Andrea True Connection. And then I have a quote here from Brendan. Uh, Mark credits me, but to be honest, I was doing a bit of drugs back then. Certain memories aren't quite as clear. A bit of drugs. <laughs> a bit of drugs. Just a bit. Just, hey, can I? I'm not going to take the whole thing. Just a little just bit. A little, just a little bit. A little bit of drugs. I ended up sampling it that morning and looped it, and it sounded great. Somewhere in the next couple of days, I recorded it. I know Derek Wibley from Sum 41 was there in the room when I put down the lyrics. What? Um, <laughs> yeah. Also, Mark works for EMI, and he's responsible for signing Sum 41. What? Yeah. What? This goes deep, baby. What? Okay. Please, what? Like, everyone in, like, Canadian music in the late 90s was apparently just around. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I was gonna say that the art style on, on the cover kind of reminds me of Prozac. Oh, my. Yeah. Yeah, a little bit, actually. Oh, I like, wonder. Whoever the person in the fedora is supposed to be looks just like my love. <laughs> That's amazing. Oh, I wonder. Like, because the, the same face. The they album copied and pasted it. It's credited to this guy. I, I can't find a lot of information on him. Um, Drazen or Drazen? D-R-A-Z-E-N. Um, and they, they had this whole idea of like, oh, Len Town or Len City or something where they have all these. Uh, if you open up the liner notes, they've drawn a bunch of the city and there's... Uh, <laughs> A bunch of people. There's like a, a guy doing graffiti of the cryptic soul crew, um, which is the oh, it's like how um, the alien guys in uh, Eiffel sixty five, blue dabba d. Yeah, um, there was supposed to be like lore with that. Oh, that's another. There was album. supposed to be like a cartoon of it. <laughs> My uh... there was like extended lore, and they just didn't follow through. They had that album for sale at Zeller's, and my mom got it for me when I got uh, all A's on my report card in grade four. <laughs> so oh, that was my that's a i miss buying tapes at zeller's i miss zeller's zeller's was good I'm i still have my, my bright orange harry the spy vhs from zeller's oh yes that we bought like right right as zeller's was closing so like vhs's were old even by those standards that and it came with like an invisible ink kit but yes it was like 10 years old by that point, so they dried out. <laughs> oh, I remember that. Oh, and uh, before the movie starts, there's a rap song. The Red Rats rap. Oh, yes. Yes. That gets stuck in my head like every three days, like since it came out. Not remember happen. when Lenny Kravitz was in the Rugrats? Oh yes. my God, right? Yeah. Yes, I remember when Lenny Kravitz was in <laughs> Yes. So <laughs> the liner anyway. art has um, another thing too that's, that's really weird. Uh, it has a limited snowboards logo. From 1998 or 1999, like they had a few different logos, but that that's a now defunct uh, Canadian snowboarding company. I don't know how they're affiliated with Len. I couldn't really find any information. On I that. think I know where that came from because um, I believe one of their early tours hit Snow Jam in Whistler, which used to be a yearly festival during the ski and snowboard festival up there. And Gob and every big Canadian band used to play Snow Jam up there. Yes. <laughs> oh, man. So apparently, uh, Len replaced Eve Six um, in Edgefest in 1999. They apparently someone or a few people in the group maybe got sick, but they had to drop out. So Len replaced them, and the lineup was Hole, Moist, Big Wreck, Gob, Rascals, Serial Joe, Silver Chair, and Wide Mouth Mason. That is. That sure is a combination is... of band names. Oh. That is like a who's who of the late 90s. Can you imagine just shouting the lyrics to Soda and then 30 minutes later shouting the lyrics to Northern Touch? <laughs> they don't make shows like that anymore. That's, I mean, all this talk about Woodstock 99 and we don't have any documentaries about Edgefest. This is ridiculous. Or Snow Jam. Or Snow Jam. <laughs> You know, the things that matter. So, but, you know, the, <laughs> uh, it's funny because the song Steal My Sunshine, I, they made it for the album. Uh, I don't know if they intended on having it as the opener the whole time, but 
the the first when they got signed as a hip hop band, they were signed by Sony's subsidiary company. It was called Work, and uh, they first put "Steal My Sunshine" on the soundtrack for the movie Go. I don't remember Go. I remember Go as being marketed as pup fiction because it it was like a, a bunch of kids doing drugs, and it was structured like a a pulp fiction kind of story where you would leave a certain group of people and go to the next one. Okay, okay. Yeah, it had Katie Holmes, um, Timothy Oliphant. It had a lot of people. I was probably too young. This completely missed me, but I'm looking at the Wikipedia page for it right now. <laughs> mm-hmm. Peter Himes directed A it. crime comedy film. It's, yeah, I don't know if it, I haven't seen it in forever, so I, I, I can't. I can't recommend it or anything. I know there's there, there's probably some problematic stuff in there. I always remember uh, raising my eyebrows at the the ending of that movie uh, with Katie Holmes and and Timothy Oliphant. There, it's a bit. I think it's a bit problematic, maybe, but <laughs> I don't know. I I vaguely remember it. Um, but that soundtrack came out in March 1999. Uh, the album wasn't out yet, but there was an LA radio station, uh, K Rock. 106.7 and they kept playing the song and they called it the song of the summer so it got super popular and the label moved up the album from june to may just to get it out as fast as possible that makes sense also it's the song of summer every summer to be fair exactly no it's a great song it's and it, it i mean it's in everything they used it in parks and rec they used it in uh, mr robot south park zach and Mary make a porno um i think right now it's the tropicana song um, oh my god you're right yeah <laughs> it is it, 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 totally i have a story about this song that it's a memory it involves drugs <laughs> okay but i remember being with not my band my bandmates other band and we were moving some equipment from our jam space to another jam space and everyone had been smoking a bit of the the wacky tobacco and driving, don't don't smoke and drive. On this is radio. Do not do it. Don't, don't, don't do it. But you, you don't do it. Don't. don't do it. But uh, we were listening to this song and just being stoned. We started yelling it out the window at random cars next to us at stoplights. It's been like, don't you steal my sunshine? Don't you do it? So that's probably why I call it "Don't Steal My Sunshine." Uh, I've said it right. Th- I am mixing my words up really bad. You get the pick. Ain't nothing gonna steal my son. Just gotta keep stealing son. Oh no, I got to keep on stealing. Oh, I like this. It, either way, you get what I was saying, because now I'm just really confusing myself when I'm trying to say the title of the song. Oh, I get it. I get it. This whole song is about drugs. Yeah. And the the vibe around it was just not being sober. So when they he so Mark had been directing all of the music videos when they were a rock band. Uh, they had about five or six music videos that ended up on Much Music and YTV. So he had experience directing. Uh, he co-directed this music video um, in Daytona Beach and Venice Beach. They had a budget of a hundred thousand. I don't know if it was Canadian or U.S. Uh, but most of it was spent on alcohol. Yeah. All I really remember of that music video is them just riding mopeds around. Exactly. And they, were, they had to ride mopeds because they were not allowed to drive any other motorized vehicles because they were too drunk. Yeah. That... And apparently they broke the hotel service elevator. Uh, <laughs> they were saying that uh, because they were trying to load it with booze. Um, I thought you're not supposed to drunk drive mopeds like you you need a license they were different times different times yeah i guess i I just find that so funny like okay you're too drunk for a motorcycle so we're gonna give you a a moped moped. (laughs) and you notice too they're like i think they do that thing in the music video i haven't seen it in a while but um i believe they did that trick of uh filming in slow motion and he had to learn the song at a different tempo so that it would line mm-hmm. up when they respeed it. Um, <laughs> it's <and>, nightcore. <laughs> and that adds to it. It adds to the whole, that idea that, you know, the normal footage of them at 24 frames a second just riding around on mopeds while drunk probably didn't look that great. 
<laughs> oh man. But regardless, they took home uh, three Much Music Video Awards in 1999 for Best Video, uh, Best Pop Video, and Favorite Canadian Video. <laughs> How did I not know they were Canadian? This is going to bug me for the rest of my life. <laughs> I'm cursed now. Um, so it's, it's so crazy here because The Guardian uh, says that the single was number one in Canada, but CBC says it was never number one. So we've got ourselves a news fight. Apparently it peaked at three, according to CBC, and then nine uh, on the Billboard Hot 100. And then all over the world it was charting in the, in the top tens. Yeah, the only information I found was that it, it was a top ten, but it doesn't say the exact number at which it peaked. Mm-hmm. But uh, there are a million remixes of this song. Like I- I'm not going to lie, I've avoided all of them. I have not heard a single remix of this song. I, I think I love it too much That's to ever want to. That's fair enough. And to put it bluntly, all the remixes seem to be from UK releases and European releases. Yeah. And That happens so much. Okay, yeah, no, go on, sorry. No, it's just, that's just my noticing where it's like, yeah, the UK just likes to do that. There's this really interesting thing. So, um... A little bit of a tangent, but I was looking up um, Flatbeat by Mr. Wiseau mm-hmm. because I found on Discogs there were all these listings for um, a Levi's-specific CD of it that was only available in certain Levi's retailers because he had directed the ads for uh, Levi's jeans at the time using the Flat Eric Puppet. That would be used in that music video. Mm-hmm. And so there was an Italian release. There was, I think, a German one. I'm not too sure. But I looked up all those remixes. And, and yeah, no, UK, I believe. Um, and they were all just like, yeah, like techno remixes of this perfect song. <laughs> I just, I couldn't fathom. Like, why are you making a trance remix of this? This sounds, no, don't do it. <laughs> People do be doing that, though. Like, that's a huge industry over here that I've noticed. Like, you go to, like, a club night. And it's like remix night. But cover bands are also a huge thing here. It's, a, it's like a whole other episode's weird topic of the UK's obsession with remixes and cover band culture. It's so funny because, you know, I remember, again, 1999, this must have been the same year. Uh, I'm in grade four. I'm nine years old. And I see the Waiting for Tonight music video by J-Lo mm-hmm. um, with all the green lasers, that thumping beat. And then I come to find out that that's a remix. That's the um, remix? Then I, yeah, because I heard the original, the one that's on the album, they would play it on QMFM, so I would hear it whenever I would go to the dentist office or something <laughs> like that, you know? Like, what is this? There's no, there's no green lasers with this song. What's going on? Dentist core. Oh, QMFM is total dentist core. <laughs> God, it just blows my mind that, like, there's so many connections from this one pop song that I really liked. That just spread th- oh, yeah. throughout the entire Canadian music industry of the late 90s. So uh, other people that are involved in the album. So he, uh, Mark had a record label before uh, they were signed. He had his own record label called Fun Trip, mm-hmm. which they used to distribute uh, the first two albums, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but then he started another one called uh, Four Ways to Rock Records. And... Uh, he released music by Mocha Only from Swollen Numbers. Ah, yes. Um, and Mr. Dibs and Buck 65 and all those guys ended up on this album. And Mocha Only was part of <laughs> what they called the Cryptic Souls crew, uh, which was the group of MCs that rap um, on the second track on this. And that song's really interesting because when they released it as a single... They changed the lyrics to, um, they replaced all, all instances of Cryptic Souls crew with all the Len crew. I did notice so that. That is very yeah. weird. <laughs> it was, hello, everybody, and how do you do? Going to rock, shock your body with all the Len crew. Um, and then you hear the album cut, and it's Cryptic Souls crew, which is a bit of a mouthful. Mm-hmm. And honestly, it's like, if that was a label decision, I feel like that makes the most sense. To change it to something where it's like, well, just use the band name. You're Len. Just, you know. <laughs> they don't know who the Cryptic Souls crew is, right? Yeah. Um, 
but the same thing happened with the with Steal My Sunshine. Um, if you listen to the album version, Brandon Canning and I think the guitarist Matt Kelly, they're the Stone Dudes. They're credited as the Stone Dudes talking in between all the verses. And for the uh, single, they remove them. And so you're just he- hearing that oh. um, more, more, more loop again and again, just as a build up to when the verse drops. Oh my god. That sucks. You're right. We need more Stone Dudes. We do need more Stone Dudes. Do you like the Stone Dudes on the album? I don't mind it in the... In I think the, they're too silly. Yeah, it's, I don't mind it in the first bit, but the, the middle of the song ones, I'm like, come on. That's it. That's... Don't need that one. As soon as he starts shouting, uh, Sharon, <laughs> we love you, or whatever, that's when I'm like, uh, yeah, I can't do without <laughs> It's this. a relic! It's great, but, you know, I, I gotta side with the label with those decisions. They're, I mean, that's the thing about Len, too. The more you read up about them, the more they were like, they, they really wanted to stick to that DIY approach. They wanted to direct all their music videos. They wanted to direct all the art for the album. The label hated the art, but that was the agreement that they signed. They always wanted to keep control of that stuff. Um, <laughs> Certified silly billies. I respect it. Yeah. yeah. Just a couple of silly geese. But those were the few times it felt like the label stepped in and, and, and said, hey, no, we gotta, we gotta do these changes before we make them singles. And I mean, there were a lot of songs that were released, uh, maybe not as singles, but it's, it, a lot of this album is out there. Um, one of which <laughs> I, I had to link you guys in the chat before we started. Um, I linked you in the chat before. Uh, it's, it's the Pop-Tarts ad yeah <laughs> oh tarts commercial pop tarts commercial i just so, watched it i just, just watched, watched it. it okay i i want that to happen to me you want to go to a car meet to a triple o's a gas station triple o's because <laughs> that's what it looks like <laughs> yeah can you describe the the commercial for the uninitiated yeah i'll do an image description it looks like a gas station triple o's like that's gotta be. They gotta just have put in a different sign. Specifically, it looks like um, the one right outside of Mission when you're traveling down Highway 7. Yeah. Uh, they all have their cars out, and there's this really dumb soundtrack that's like, beep, 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 um, <laughs> That's uh, Man uh, of the Year. That's track three off of this album. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Um, that's a, and, then, and that's Biz Marquee uh, beatboxing. He's also and then there's a pop tart floating quite low to the ground, and just rotating a little bit of the way. <laughs> it's like you're really trying to rotate it in Blender, but it's just not working. So it's just <laughs> moving a little bit of the way, Thank and you. all these all these cool folks are standing around jamming with the the pop tart that's moving around a little bit. Mm. So so is it? This is what I was trying to figure out when I when I showed my friends this morning. But is it? That the pop tart had <laughs> exactly. Did the pop was the pop tart mimicking hydraulics or was it breakdown? I think because I don't know. I think because of the neon lights underneath the pop tart, I think it's supposed to be imitating the lowrider cars. That's what I was thinking because if it was breakdancing, then you can you would look at it and go like, oh, that's pretty limited animation. Um, and if they were to have a breakdancing pop tart in twenty twenty two, it would be like doing flips, and it would be all bendy and stuff. It would be like really CGI. Um, but then it, it just hit me. I'm like, oh no! It's like we saw the lowriders in the beginning. It's mimicking a lowrider, of course. Uh, I want to believe that it's just because they didn't have a good animation budget. <laughs> it's funnier in my mind that way. I love it so much. I'm so glad I found that commercial again because I think about it so much. I also want to say I love that Pop Tart's old slogan used to be "Not your basic food group" because it doesn't fit in any food group. As if it's a food. It's group. not a food group. It's, yeah. <laughs> it is not. It's not your basic food shit. group because it's pretty much just sugar. It's it is flavored sugar. It is not on the outdated food pyramid. <laughs> Did you know that Canada's Food Guide was like meant to? It was like a rationing thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I just wanted to go to um. A quote here I found from Mark where he said, uh, we didn't want people to be mad at us when they bought the album and expected 13 sunshines. There's something for the ravers, the Adidas wearing old school hip hop heads and 14 year olds. <laughs> I, I, I wanted. I feel like that's a circle. Like that's not even a Venn diagram. That is a bit of a circle. Yeah, right. I did want to say I 
did find it interesting that this was such a varied album. There's a little bit of, even like the, there's a song here that imitates Krautrock. It sounds like a Kraftwerk yeah. song, and they speak it all in German. It's, I lo- oh, I have info on this. Um, please. So, The End of Beautiful Day ends with Mark saying, uh, and a special big beautiful day to a special big beautiful label for giving us all that special, special, special beautiful cash. They're really flaunting the fact that they got paid to release this album. And then that immediately launches into this Kraftwerk song where they got, um, it's credited to someone named Felix Witholtz, who's the art director of Helios Design Labs. He's a, a designer in Toronto. No other music credits from what I've seen here. <laughs> but it's just it's just one of those like whoa what a move yeah like it's completely where did that come it's from? completely radically different than anything else on this record and also is fully in german which is just like did where, you uh, look up the translated lyrics i did not actually so i take it that they were just they're just having fun they're just having a lot of fun with this one. Some guys. Yeah, they have a... Guys making a little sound. a quote here from him. Uh, the Len Project was supposed to annoy people, but suddenly we were rock stars. It was really amazing, but fame freaks you out. When people used to come up to me in the street, I thought they were trying to fight me, but they just wanted <laughs> to tell me how much they loved my song. I love the fact the money was great, and there was a lot of girls. Or sorry, there were a lot of girls. But to sit there afterwards and think, what's next? How do you top that shit? I don't want to top it. That messes with your mind a little bit. We had a lot of fun, but it was like baking a cake and suddenly the whole world loving you for it. <laughs> I, don't, I don't understand that quote. Is that a reference I think to something? Maybe. British Bake Off wasn't a show yet. I mean, maybe it's supposed to be riffing on like the having your cake and eating it too kind of thing. Okay, they, they mentioned the hard disk approach really randomly in the first paragraph of the Wikipedia article. What do they say? So they're talking about, like, the single and the Billboard chart, and then it's like, the album had mostly a positive response from critics. The hard disc approach features lyrics entirely in German, uses a motorwork beat to emulate the style of kraut rock bands. The album featured, the album also featured blah 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 blah. Like, it's just out of nowhere. There's like, we need to mention this track. <laughs> so we gotta know. Everyone must know that they have this weird, out of nowhere. I also like, on Wikipedia, that, um, and a reviewer from the Rolling Stone compared Mark as like an alternative to Fred Durst. Yes, by being I was goofy and less serious. Rolling Stone magazine, uh, a goofy, less serious alternative to Fred Durst. I love it. Are they implying that Fred Durst isn't goofy? Cause... No, he's extremely serious. We have to take him very seriously. When he said he did it all for the nookie, he was being one hundred percent serious. So <laughs> it's all about the he said she said bullshit. Devlin, I going back to the still sucks episode. I, mm-hmm. I agree with you, pretty much one hundred percent. I I love Fred Durst. I guess <laughs> it's what mm-hmm. I'm trying to say. He loves you too. Oh, um, have you seen his movies? No, I haven't actually. Do you know about <laughs> his movies? Do you know about his most recent movie? No, I don't actually. Now I'm like doing like the putting my hands together, like you know, like when a fly is like cleaning itself and it's like rubbing his arms together. I'm like, go on, fill is me puddle in. Of, is puddle of mud in it? Uh, what? Because okay. they love each other. Uh, except for when they don't. Except for when they don't. He made a movie called The Fanatic, starring John Travolta. Um, <laughs> I uh, he it is the performance of a lifetime. It's it's a movie that I think you have to see it. I think you have to see this movie. Devin Devin Stalwa is in. <laughs> it, it's it's amazing. Maybe we should do a pod episode about this, like a like a Patreon episode. If you need yeah. us for that, I'm I'm your man. Let's go. <laughs> do it. Uh, yeah. Oh, when you see that, please report back to me and and let me know what you think because it's uh, what a treat. That movie is a treat. I just can't believe it has John Travolta. <laughs> the role, it, it's, it, it, I, it, I was I, like, I'm speechless just trying to describe what, what this movie is. But essentially, he's a he's the super fan of Devin Sawa, who is a uh, an actor in horror films, and uh, John Travolta is like super obsessed with him. And uh, takes it a little too far. And then they hug and they kiss. 
<laughs> it gets wild. Going back to the Rolling Stone thing for one second. Mm-hmm. I do like that Rolling Stone compared Sharon's vocals to Josie and the Pussycats. I guess yeah. nice. I would take that as a compliment. I, and yeah. I do too. Yeah, I was thinking about it when I was listening to it again this morning that like, it, that kind of dictated how I like a lot of my um, vocal performances in rock music, I guess. I, I really like... Well, there's uh, a, like a cartoon character. I guess. I don't know. I really like Deerhoof. Um, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I just feel like a lot of bands that I listen to are natural, kind of... They, I, I'm really into that style of, of vocal performance, I guess. Kind of like a little unique sounding kind of vocal performance? Yeah, sing-songy. Yeah, yeah. Um, I do... <laughs> so, uh, I have a lot of information about uh, the aftermath of this album. There's actually quite a lot. Um, Please. It gets, it gets interesting. So after the album came out, critical reception was positive. Uh, you know, they managed to, because of the label connections and everything, they were able to get Bismarcky. Uh, Curtis Blow is on the album. Uh, he's on track seven. And then Cece DeVille of Poison is, is featured. She, he, he does the, the solo on Feeling All Right. That's which was so wild to me. Another music is good connection. Uh, Feeling All Right was featured on an episode of Daria, a.k.a. Garfield with Doc Martens. Yeah. Which which is fitting. It's perfect. Except they probably deleted it for the DVD release. Like, that's like a really controversial bit in the <sighs> Daria fandom. Yeah. yeah like, that it's like, sucks. like, people get mad when they buy the DVDs because all the licensed music got taken out. And it's like a, a rare thing to have the original music on an episode. Has someone built a, uh, an ultra torrent of all the, uh... Yeah. Like, yeah. that's, like, the biggest drama in the Daria fandom, because they don't have any content to get mad over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's no successor, really. It's like how Breaking Bad fans are funnier, because they don't have any content, so they're just, they're just driving themselves into the ground with jokes. I have some information on Len as performers that I can get into. Please. So, apparently, uh, they were known pre bum rush. They were known to barely make it through a show. Sometimes they only performed two or three songs before just bailing completely. Um. So by the time the album was out and they did Edge Fest and uh, they had done a bunch of concerts, um, they I guess he realized that they were a one hit wonder. They they always had that kind of air of this isn't going to last long um mm-hmm. d-rock uh said that line is the first canadian band with no talent whatsoever to actually make it to letterman and that was uh that show was in august 1999 so uh yeah by that point they were just kind of maybe not over it but they were just seeing the end of the road um and apparently they had a 200 date tour uh Sorry, let me take that again. They they canceled a 200-date tour 80 days in and went back home, uh, which the label was pretty upset about. Um, oh my god, then, that's... Yeah. Uh, then um, Work, the Sony subsidiary that they were signed to, uh, folded, and they were transferred to EMI. And then apparently EMI was looking at them going, well, there's a severe lack of commercial singles here, and so they were dropped. Um, and then they signed a deal with DreamWorks for $750,000. Again, I'm not too sure if that's Canadian or U.S., uh, Mm -hmm. but it was based on the promise of a previously recorded album that actually didn't exist. (laughs) So it was based on a rumor, basically. Yeah, he just said he had it. And then uh, DreamWorks folded. So uh, he would later release the album... Um, on his own record label again, Fun Trip. I guess he resurrected that record label and, and just released it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he announced on MySpace in 2008 that Len was done. Then they released one more album in 2012. I kind of want to go and listen to that at some point and yeah, just hear too. how it sounds. I really wonder if they changed their style after that mm-hmm. i'll be I'm, I'm very curious i can't imagine them like i heard the alternative rock sounding stuff but i can't imagine them going back to that after 
Steal My Sunshine. Mm-hmm. And I know I'm focusing on that song a lot, but it's like also like what everyone knows. Them oh, for. it's the song, right? Mm-hmm. They are unfortunately a one-hit wonder, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And they they seem to know it. They they seem mm-hmm. to know like what they were. Um, I have a really nice quote here from Sharon, who lives in the UK apparently. So, hmm. yeah, maybe uh, go go visit her. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you don't know me, but I have a music podcast. Meet, meet me at the pub. <laughs> Why don't we just, like, call Taylor up? Why don't we just phone her? <laughs> well, well hey, listen to this. Uh, she says, when I hear the song now, it makes me laugh. It makes me smile. It takes me back to that time. I know how I felt. When people play it, I dance to it. Two weeks ago, I ended up at a bar, and it was karaoke night, and Steal My Sunshine was in the book, so I said, let's do it. I'm going to London soon, and if ever if anyone wants to call me up, I'll f- show up at their house and I'll sing this song. Okay. So All right. that can be Deal. a Patreon episode of Music Is Good, where Devlin invites Sharon over, and they sing "Steal My Sunshine." Deal. I'll actually look into it. Maybe we can just like, get her on the pod. Oh, I would be. <sighs> I'm, I'm thinking about it now, and I'm getting nervous. My Fitbit is freaking out. I'm uh. I would be starstruck if that was the case. God, like, this album is just such a time capsule, really. Like, looking in, going beyond just, like, the, the, the surface of Steal My Sunshine was such, like, a, it, there's just so much of that time in Canadian music and even, like, American music just going on, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, the vocals on Steal My Sunshine just sounds like if Tom DeLonge took up chain smoking. <laughs> you know I'm right. You're, I, you are 100% correct. Mark's voice is so interesting to me because I, I I like it. I like it a lot in certain cases and then in other cases I sometimes and and I, I it sounds bad, but I just kind of find it abrasive. Yeah. Um mm-hmm. and, and it's, it's like my all personality. <laughs> it's all dependent on which uh type of music they're doing. And again, there's so many different examples on this album. That I mean, if if you're not enjoying it, it'll change in three minutes. Yeah, like that's another thing that I noticed is like all their songs are only around the three minute mark, except like one five minute song on his on his album. With a bunch of interludes in between, like songs end and and turn into uh, skits or little um, interludes where they remix the previous beat. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, it's so much fun. I, I love this style of album. It's why it's so easy to compare it to Hello Nasty, uh, which is just another, uh, really formative album for me. Like so, so many shifts in, uh, fidelity and sound and genre and, and yet feeling extremely cohesive, just feeling like its own thing from beginning mm-hmm. to end. I'd almost say it's, Almost comparable to the Gorillas, which was another band I was obsessed with at the time. The first mm-hmm. album I bought that was Parental Advisory, I believe. Oh no, the second one, because the first one uh, was it Limp Bizkit? Embarrassing. No, that would have been cool. It was. Uh, <laughs> well, you know, I can't say that. I I thought it was pretty cool at the time. In fact. Uh, I, it was Blink 182's "Take Off Your Pants and Jacket," and I got the yellow uh, disc that had the <laughs> song at the end. Uh, I wanna, uh, have, yeah. I wanna have yeah, sexual yeah, yeah. intercourse with a with a the, dog. The, I, the dog, know. the dog music. And, dog and you know, looking back, it's so funny because I know I asked my mom for that album when we were at Costco, <laughs> uh, <laughs> knowing that I was going to bring it to school. Like, I wasn't think. I don't think I, I mean, I, I liked the rock show. I liked Blink-182, but not the way other kids in my class like them. And it mm. might have been a way for me to try to, like, oh, hey, look, I have this one. But the, the second album I got with the parental advisory sticker on it was Gorillaz. And that was a big deal for me. I think the second album I ever bought was Demon Days by the Gorillaz. Oh, wow. I, I, I love that first album so much. I have this bad... <laughs> I don't know if it's a, a problem, but I just... I'll love a first album so much that I'll just stick to it, and the band will continue making stuff, and I'll just be hooked on the first album, and 
I'll be like, oh yeah, no, they're still making stuff, or I'll hear a single, I'll be like, oh, that's cool, but, you know, I've got this first album. This album doesn't have Dare on it, though, so what's the point? I know. <laughs> I just love, I think it's because I love Kid Koala so much, and, and that that sound was so my thing um, mm-hmm. at the time. So when, when they did change to the more, uh, to the Demon Day sound, I was like, okay, no, that's, that's cool. Um, they got me back for a bit with Plastic Beach, so, yeah. Plastic Beach have its own episode coming. It's on. It's on the list because that album's very good. Yeah, I I really like that. It's album. a formative They're, one. Yeah. Oh, it's definitely a formative one. I remember being. Uh, I I had bought it and then brought it to a friend's place when I was in film school, and uh, there were just a bunch of people over, but uh, the track with Little Dragon came on, Empire Ants, and That's there's that part story. with um when the synth creeps in and mm-hmm. i'm just thinking about it now getting goosebumps because it was i remember looking across the room and being like everyone shut up this is amazing <laughs> like when when that when the beat hits i just i was oh like thinking again thinking about it now i'm just like what a beautiful song can't get started because that'll be a whole other episode it's gotta gotta Did gotta reel in the gr- yet <laughs> i don't think anybody's called it yet but it's definitely on my list of things that i have in the back of my notebook Oh, man. We'll have to wait okay. till I dig up my old DeviantArt account and find all the um, the two uh, D and Murdoch uh, fan art. Ooh. Yes. What, what yes. did you get them doing? Well, <laughs> it, I didn't even make it. Um, but I used okay. to I used to do this funny little prank in grade eight, uh, which keep in mind was in twenty eleven for me. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, so. <laughs> I had this friend who was really into gorillas. However, he was a straight 14-year-old boy, and I was a newly realized bisexual 14-year-old. Oh, I love this. Okay. And so I was just, like, in my phase where I was, like, you know, trying to to, uh, troll everyone by being unreasonably gay. Um, (laughs) So this kid just used the same password for all of his accounts. Um, oh no! And he gave me the login for his Minecraft, so we could play Minecraft together. <laughs> um, but his password was the same for his DeviantArt account, which he would just use to like post vacation photos that he took on his iPhone or whatever. Um, <laughs> wow. And when we came home from school, he would just play Skyrim and ignore me. And so when I was pissed off at him for ignoring me, I would go in to his DeviantArt account, look up Two D and Murdoch slash favorite as much as I can before he noticed so that his whole favorites was just <laughs> Judy and Murdoch making out. Oh, that's so cool. I love that. that Every day so after good. school. And then, and then so my friend good. group stopped talking to me and I was like, why are they mad at me? <laughs> Whatever, they're lost. That's hilarious. Yeah, that's... I'm, I'm charming. I'm annoying in a charming way now. <laughs> Evil twos moments. Evil twos moments. I'm just demonic crazy. <laughs> Um, okay, too looking much at... for you, find less. <laughs> <laughs> looking at time, uh, mm-hmm. let's get some, let's get some final thoughts. <laughs> oh, I think everyone knows mine. I, I love this album. I'll never stop loving this album. How about you, it's, Tuesday? It's a nice little, it's a nice little HMB moment. Future <laughs> Shop, maybe. Totally. Makes me feel like I'm at Future Shop. Oh, and, and don't you miss it. You know, I did like Future Shop. Like a little. I mostly yeah. used the the Future Shop in Richmond as like a, a shortcut into Lansdowne Mall as opposed oh, yeah. to going to the other entranceway. <laughs> exactly. Oh, yeah. Exactly. By the time well, I was going there, it was... Um, the Best Buy isn't the same because like, there's like a bunch of security and it's like hard. Yeah. And I always look at you funny if you don't buy anything at Best Buy and I'm like, I'm not going to buy anything at Best Buy. Take this guy train, fool. You give me an iPad. <laughs> uh i i went into this already loving steal my sunshine because i genuinely think that's one of the best pop songs of all time and i have very fond memories of it coming on the radio at safeway when i worked yeah. there and me oh. being like me being like yeah don't steal my sunshine because it came on don't every the, the radio at safeway had their songs slotted to the same time every day and 2.30 p.m. I feel like p.m. that's a, like a Universal Sobeys thing, because Thrifties oh, did the oh, same wow. thing. 
That's oh yeah, it's infuriating. That would drive me crazy. I loved it because one thirty was sexy back time, and then two o'clock was hit me baby one more time, and two thirty was don't steal my sunshine time, and that was when like my shift was getting to an end. So I'm like, oh don't yeah, it's the party afternoon. Yeah, it's the hype. <laughs> the thrifties playlist was all um, the the newest music they would play was like uh, the first two Taylor Swift albums. Oh yeah. And then, and then the rest was like "Kiss Me" by Sixpence, none the richer. Oh, Sixpence, none the richer. There she goes. There she goes again. Yeah. She keeps going. From uh, the Lindsay Lohan version of the Parrot Trap. Yes. 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 My partner <laughs> just watched that again. I uh, was watching it over her shoulder. I love the Lindsay Lohan version of the Parrot Trap. Probably so many people got mild to moderate infections from piercing their ears with an apple. Yeah, that scene is crazy. I love my that. Sister like, that. Talk- my sister did that. My sister did that in high school because my mom wouldn't drive her to Claire's to get her ear pierced. This podcast is such a such a circle like conversation because we like talked about this like exact thing three episodes ago. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's because oh, I forget that I tell people things and then I'm like, I I just work on a script all the time. I also feel like our episode pick just keeps like it's like a reference of a reference of a reference we make like three episodes apart. So it's that's all why like I this. I love your show. I, I think there's a continuity to it that's it's beautiful. I love looking Thank back and, and seeing like, oh, okay, so this is a natural progression. I can see why they chose this based on the previous conversation. I love it. No, keep. D- yeah, it's great. I'm glad because like I'm not doing it on purpose. That's just. <laughs> I'm not I've, doing it on purpose either. <laughs> no, you have. There's the music is good universe, almost like the Len, cinematic universe, Len City or whatever they were trying to do. It you know, it's it's exactly it's its own contained universe with with all these references to specific media. With Doug. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Doug is in there. You gotta have Doug. You gotta have Doug. Uh, Doug is a. Are those singing Christmas trees that you can get? <laughs> Wait, what was that again? Sorry, that's one of uh, our that's one of our pod inside jokes. Is Doug, as in Douglas oh, Fir, the animatronic right. Christmas tree? That's right. That's right. Oh wow. Oh um, wow. Like to get emo for a second. Um, my grandpa passed away like a month ago, and he was the one who oh, brought sorry. Doug into my life. Um, oh. my grandpa was just very amused by small novelty animatronics, which is why I'm like this. <laughs> so you know he would just like pick up some, some with like a motion sensor at the Zeller's clearance section and be like I'm gonna bring this home to my autistic toddler grandchild and hope they're not terrified of it <laughs> and then I was like that's... this is scary but I'm also fascinated <laughs> and now you just I think that's nice that. so I was saying like as a tribute to my grandpa we should just do more some more Doug posting <laughs> I'm gonna go really hard in December for Doug posting December yeah that's what it's all about baby i also like had my grandma send me a photo i used to have this hamster that i bought at the same safeway i worked at when i was a child um dancing hamster the dancing hamster that sings macho macho man yes i remember oh my god but also i thought you were talking about a real hamster for a second and my mind was blown (laughs) i had the i had the basketball jones hamster yes oh wow he used to dribble his basketball i loved him i i now have I've shown you military industrial complex hamster, right? Oh, yes, you have. <laughs> he doesn't work. I don't know what song he sings, but he's got a little assault rifle. I think it's in the Navy, if I remember I seeing one of those before. Oh, my God. Just, yeah. If it's not um, in the Navy. But I, I would have thought it would be like, like, I don't know, some song that they co-opted as like a 9-11 memorial. <laughs> like, you know, you know how they like took the remix of Heaven by Brian Adams by DJ Sammy? Oh yeah. And then right. they, like, they like made it 9-11 themed. Oh yeah. <laughs> no. They just oh, took this absolute boy. banger of a remix and then they just put a sad child over it who for the record that was fake. The radio DJ was just like just handed his kid a script to read something really sad. Oh come on. Ugh. Yeah. That that's tasteless yeah. almost. Yeah. That that that's, whole uh... that whole like I really miss you, Daddy. That's all fake. That's so tasteless. That's oh. 
So it's okay anyway, to make the... fun of it. It's okay to make fun of, I really miss you, Daddy, because it's all fake. <laughs> okay, that's good to know. That's anyway. Uh, almost as bad as the David Guetta shout-out to George Floyd's family or whatever. Oh, uh, yeah, same uh, energy. Uh, terrible. Jennifer Lawrence, yeah, gay rights. <laughs> I'm looking right at the camera, and I'm singing Imagine. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Uh, anyway. This album genuinely surprised me of how fun it was and like how much they deserved to be more than a one hit wonder. But also, I, I, as we discussed, they were definitely getting tired of the bit. So it's yeah. really good. And listener out there, you should go back and listen to this. Give it a give it a once over. It's pretty dang good. Even just as a piece of uh, CanCon history, you know, so many connections to amazing bands. I, I forgot to mention here, uh, Brandon uh, Canning, who was one of the Stone Dudes in Steal My Sunshine, was paid $2,500 for his role as the Stone Dude, and he used that money to buy a bunch of pedals that would eventually be used on the first Broken Social Scene record. We need that oh kind my of God. arts funding. Bring it back. Yeah, yeah, bring it back. No more giving factor grants to Grimes. Yeah. Oh. I think I, like can... I think that YTV would make a comeback if they started promoting CanCon again, CanCon music. Oh, absolutely. If they started playing music videos again, like if if they tried to like one up Adult Swim and get weirder, I think that would help them make a comeback in the era you of so American right. cable TV. You absolutely. Are so right. You're so and I right. think they should hire me so I can make these creative decisions for them. I also <laughs> think they should bring back the slime and the The slime was good. The horrible creatures. Can, YTV, are you listening? Bring back uh oh. Just hire you. I just just get the job. I need the job. I have good ideas. I think we should Clearly. Bring back But I think DJ we should Phil. have like like obscure uh or not even obscure ones, like just like like random Canadian celebrities to host uh oh, like they pull the, ma- the they pull the mask off the Punisher and it's Colin Mokri or something. Oh wow, <laughs> that sounds great. Oh wow. Just because we're running out of time, my last thing I want to say on that is that wink Yahoo. If you're out there, come on the pod, please. I think they should get Grimes on. Uh oh, slime Grimes. Yeah, <gasps> it's like it's like on Eric Andre when they did Grimes and Punishment. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I think that's enough for today. <laughs> that's enough. That is just enough. I like how that's My... how we end everything. That's our outro. Just, that's, that's our enough. catchphrase. <laughs> I think uh, we should sell socks and say that's enough in like slime font. That's actually a really good idea. I love it. I <laughs> I'll, I'll make that would be the first funky socks I wear. Why do all our good merch ideas come at the exact end of our episodes and then we never talk about them ever again? <laughs> Because I have weird energy whenever I come on the show. It's always <laughs> on the weekend when I'm really sleepy and burnt out, so I just sound stoned, but I promise I'm not. I love it. No, it, it's, it's always fun. It's fun to listen to. It's fun, Thank fun you. to talk I'm to. Glad. No, this has been so much fun. I'm glad, because I, I do it for myself. I do it to amuse <laughs> myself, and I hope that other people can tolerate it. <laughs> well, we're on the radio, so we've done something right. They haven't, they haven't found the station yet. That I know of. I hope they would have told us, wouldn't they? I feel like they would have at this point. Let's. That's enough. That's enough. <laughs> Cut it out. Cut it out. Cut that out. You. You knock that off. I'm. Really, <laughs> I'm sorry. Knock it off is just a really funny phrase to me. It is really funny. Knock it off. <laughs> I'm gonna say that some next time someone street harasses me. <laughs> hey, you. Knock, Knock it, it off. off. <laughs> Cut it out. Cut it out. I'm Devlin Galloway. You can follow me at Devlin Galloway on Twitter and Instagram. You can follow this podcast at Music is Good Pod also on Twitter and Instagram. You can also follow us on Anchor, which is what our main host for this podcast is now. And the it's best way to support... If you will. Yeah. yeah. You can actually send us voice messages on Anchor, which we can actually put into the podcast, which you I discovered last week. You can call us on the phone and wait a week to hear back from us. Call us in the morning and we'll call you back in a week. Do it. You should say phone home and then in brackets ease, like phone homies. And have a little picture of (laughs) BT on our site. That's really good, actually. That's really good.
Anyway, the best way to support us is to go to patreon.com slash musicisgoodpod1 and give us maybe $1 redo, where you can find some outtakes, some bonus episodes. We have an episode coming out soon about our takes on Eurovision this year. I can't wait to listen to that. Patreon.com slash musicisgoodpod1. That's the one. That, yeah. Right on. Someone take this mic away from me. <laughs> oh. um, I will be performing at Music Waste. Uh, Friday, June 3rd at the Beaumont Studios, sometime between 5.30 and 7. Uh, Hell yeah. Passes are on sale right now. Uh, 25 bucks at musicwaste.ca. But if you're strapped for cash and you still want to see me, uh, apparently I'm performing from the Loading Bay where they broadcast uh, B-Side Radio. So it's outdoors. Come on down. Um, I just got an email notification that uh, the stickers that I plan to have on me uh are being printed as as we speak so oh, swag. Uh, yeah so um follow me at uh on, on instagram s-c-h-n-u-d-l-b-u-g schnoodlebug uh come on down on june 3rd and uh dm me for a sticker how about you twos uh my name is tuesday you can follow me at mimichi on instagram and not many other places yeah all right that's actually it. Goodbye, everyone. Thank you so much for having me, and, and thanks for listening. Thank thanks you so existing. much for being on. Thank you so much for being oh. on. It was a pleasure to have you. Oh, thank you. I hope Come back. everyone likes me. Um, You're a delight. <laughs> thank you. Well,